Before you know it, kids will be back in the classroom. And the big question is masks or no masks? That's right. We're chirping about masks, mandates, and back to school. And this is Chick to Chick. In just a couple of weeks, kids will be back in school. They will be back in the classroom. And this is huge because, you know, that's what the plan is at this point to get these kids back in school. Now, there are some families who have decided that, you know, they want to go with remote learning. But um, at this point, kids are going to be back in class because everyone agrees that that is the best way for kids to learn, uh, to be in person, to be in school. Um, but the big question is, what is going to happen with masks? Do they have to wear masks? Are schools going to say no? How do parents feel about this? And Carrie, you have a child going back to class as a parent. How do you feel about this whole mask issue? Well, first of all, let me just tell you, I'm stressed out and we haven't even gotten to homework yet. I mean, so much that parents have to think about right now that we just didn't before. I almost thought last year was a little easier than going into this year. And um, to answer your question, you know, I'm not entirely sure how I really feel because I don't feel I have enough answers right now. Really, I don't. And I am frustrated, very frustrated with this process. Um, yeah, you know, we all want what's best for our kids, but every household has a different thought about what that is. And each parent feels differently about what that is. I think that word frustrated is very, very important. And I do think a lot of people are frustrated, which brings us to our guest today, Dr. Brett Delone. He is the vice president of medical affairs for Penn State Health, uh, Holy Spirit Medical Center. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Great to be with you this morning. Thank you. Doctor, you know, there's so much confusion. The CDC keeps going back and forth and back and forth. Mass, no mass, mass, no mask. It's hard to follow all of this. And I believe the latest was the CDC is recommending that all kids, students, teachers, staff, vaccinated or not, should be wearing masks in the classroom. So uh, our question is, what are your what is your take on the CDC going back and forth? And are masks really necessary uh, for kids to be wearing in the classroom? Well, I think the CDC is hurting themselves and their credibility a little bit with this back and forth that you've talked about. And I think the, the, the important message besides whether to wear a mask or not is the level of risk to our children. And the good news is COVID is less risky to our school-aged children than the seasonal flu. The number of children who have died from COVID during the entire pandemic is 331. Almost all of them had pre-existing significant medical conditions which identified them as being highly at risk from COVID. Not as risky as the seasonal flu. So having that information is very important. During the pandemic, we had 331 deaths from COVID and the total number of children under the age of 18 who died in the United States was 49,000. Uh, 1,000 died from drowning. 2,000 or more died from automobile accidents. And so, you have to stratify the risk and understand what kind of risk we're talking about because I think the CDC has done a poor job of explaining to people that our children, our school-aged children, are as protected as vaccinated adults because the risk of COVID is at that low in that age group. So I think wow. I'm hearing you say that masks really aren't necessary. Um, I think that depending on the environment, so for instance, 
in schools, high schools, where the children have had access to vaccines um, because we're able to give vaccines to children 12 and over. And let me be clear, I think the vaccines are super safe and incredibly effective. Um, so in high schools, where the vast majority of the children are likely to be vaccinated, where the teachers are almost certainly going to be vaccinated, I think a mask mandate doesn't make very much sense. For younger children who have not had access to the vaccine yet, uh, our European colleagues in Britain, the Netherlands, France, and Germany are not mandating masks. In fact, the British Health Service is strongly recommending against mask wearing for elementary age children because they think it interferes with their development and because their risk is so low from COVID. Very interesting. So I want to talk about something you just mentioned, and that was the flu. You know, every year it was a real worry about children getting the flu. And I feel like we haven't heard anything about this. So what's the difference between COVID and the flu when it comes to our kids? Well, it's very interesting because the social distancing, the closure of schools, all the things that happened during the pandemic last year really decreased the amount of flu that we saw across the entire country, not just in children, but adults as well. Uh, the lowest flu numbers we've ever seen since we were able to measure those things, really in the single digits uh, in, in an area like uh, the Harrisburg area, for instance. Um, so, but the flu is gonna stay with us. We're gonna still have the flu, uh, just as we're gonna have COVID. There's no end to COVID. COVID is going to be with us. We're gonna always be rounding third, but never sliding into home. So we have to understand that over the next several years, uh, people are going to get COVID just as they get the flu. And we have to learn to stratify that risk appropriately, identify people who are really at risk, and learn to live with it. We've learned to live with the flu. If I told you two years ago that we we're going to make kids wear the masks in school every day or even close schools because of the seasonal flu, you would question where I got my medical degree. Um, and uh, so by suggesting masking for COVID, raising the question of masking forever for the seasonal flu, which is actually more dangerous. I think that question answers itself. Doctor, I want to go back to something that you said you mentioned um, that wearing a mask, especially in younger kids, could actually harm them in some ways with their development. Can you explain that and, and, and you know, just talk a little bit more about that? So uh, there's been some interesting data about um, both academic development and emotional development in young kids and the peer pressure of mask wearing and not mask wearing. In teenagers, very clearly, and it's hard to distinguish whether this is from masks or just uh, lockdowns and, and the pandemic in total, but uh, the suicide rate and rate of anxiety and depression among teenagers are at all-time highs. And definitely some of that is due to either the COVID effect or the effect of lockdowns and masks. What about for younger children? Um, you know, a couple parents have mentioned to me that there's now of what happens when um, a child has been wearing a mask for a year, two years, then they, they take the mask off, but they've grown into a place where now they're concerned about what if I get a cold? What if I get something? What does this mean? I'm not wearing a mask. So, you know, curiously, what could that be for children who um, are continuously wearing a mask? I'm not as familiar with the children's data, but the adult data is very clear. People who are prone to anxiety and depression find the, the act of removing the mask to be anxiety provoking mm -hmm. in a significant clinical way. Uh, so there's no reason not to expect that to also be true of children. So yeah, this is, uh, 
these measures would seem relatively benign. Yes, we're just asking kids to put their desks three feet apart. Yes, we're just asking them to wear masks. Um, every one of these measures has an effect, and sometimes those effects are negative. Doctor, do you feel like um, much of what we've heard, is it is it really based on fact, or is this really based on fear? Is a lot of it fear-based? I think uh, one of the jobs that the, our leaders have not done a very good job is, is giving context to these data and, uh, and alleviating, alleviating people's fear. As I said, when you hear that 331 kids in the United States have died from COVID during the pandemic, I'm sure that number surprises you. I'm sure you, uh, you don't understand why there's so much concern and so much fear if that number was widely known. That number should be widely known. And it should be known along with how many people have died from other causes, that the normal number of deaths from seasonal flu among school-aged children is at least twice as high. You know, that kind of context gives people the information to allow them to decide for themselves. That's what we're lacking. We're having too much um, mandating and, and telling people what they need to do and rather than just sharing information and letting them understand the risk for themselves and for their families. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I have to tell you that is that is pretty much how I feel. Um, and I don't often, you know, express that, but, you know, it's the information that I think that is, uh, it's lack thereof and also very confusing, which, which leads me to something that I received with the district that I am in. Um, you know, they send out regular emails to keep parents abreast of what is going on. One of the things they talked about is that they're going to stick with a mandate from the Department of Health that basically talks about student and staff quarantine exposure. Um, but what I don't understand is the difference between a fully fac vaccinated person in the school that does not require a quarantine versus um, one that hasn't been vaccinated. And my understanding is that people can still get COVID and still transmit COVID even with the vaccine. So can you talk to me about why a school might have this differential with the quarantining? So that's a great question. And, and there's a certain amount of uncertainty there because what's not clear is what the reinfection rate is, or let me, what the breakthrough infection rate is for people who are vaccinated. There's some uh, data in healthcare that suggests that it might be as high as 1.6 to 2%. Now those are healthcare workers uh, in Israel, but there's also some American data that suggests that it might be as low as one in 2,640. Those are from the CDC's own numbers. So that's a pretty broad range uh, between one and a half and 2%, which would be the highest breakthrough rate, and one out of basically 2,600, um, which would be a completely different number. And so unfortunately, we don't have the breadth of experience and the time interval to be able to give a, a clear answer to that question. But the breakthrough rate is not higher than 2%, and it may be quite a lot lower. But it's the uncertainty that's causing the uncertainty of what you're hearing from the districts. Yeah. You had mentioned before that you think the vaccine is fine and that you support the vaccine. And I believe right now um, it's it's for kids 12 and over. Is that correct? That's correct. The vaccines are approved for 12 and over. And, and the Department of Health has come out and said we're not going to require the vaccine um, for kids to go back to school. They do have that requirement for other vaccines. Do you think the vaccine should be required for kids to go back to school? As, as, as I said earlier, we're talking about a, the lowest risk group in our population. 
if we're going to require the vaccine, and I don't think we should require it, I don't think there should be vaccine mandates. I think we should be convincing the 80-year-olds that they need to get the vaccine. If you were going to mandate a group in America, it wouldn't be school-aged children. It would be nursing home patients because they're the ones who are most at risk from COVID. It would be immunosuppressed patients. It would be patients with multiple uh, risk factors associated with their medical comorbidities. So no, I would not favor a mandate for vaccination of COVID for children. They're just so low risk, even without the vaccines. Doctor, one final question here. How concerned should we be uh, with this whole discussion about the Delta variant uh, of COVID? The Delta variant is not uh, more lethal. It's not making people sicker, uh, but it is more transmissible. Um, It's about twice as transmissible as the wild type variant or a little bit more than uh, twice as, uh, as the alpha variant. And uh, so what that means is that more people who are unvaccinated are getting sick more quickly. It does not mean that they're going to the hospital. It does not mean that they're dying at higher rates. In fact, the hospitalization rate in Pennsylvania has gone up over the last couple of weeks, but it's gone up from 4% of the peak last December to 6% of the peak last December. So context matters. So the hospitalizations are up, but the, the mortality rates have stayed relatively flat. The case rates with Delta are uncoupled from hospital and death rates. And that's good news for everybody. This has uh, been wonderful uh, information, doctor. I, we cannot thank you enough uh, for coming on with us today and providing all of this great information. And I think that's the key here. As long as we, uh, as parents get information um, that we can make our own decisions and our own choices here. And, and doctor, just thank you so much. We appreciate it. My pleasure. It. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, doctor. Well, Carrie, um, I I loved having the doctor on. I loved hearing all of that information. And I got to be honest with you. I am so glad uh, my son is out of the school system. I am so glad I don't have to deal with this. And I do really feel bad for parents like you that are faced with, yeah, you. Um, This is tough. This is very difficult um, to deal with. And, and I feel bad that, you know, you're already stressed out and school hasn't even started. yet. It's true. I'm not even exaggerating. I really, really am. And I think about what this means for my child. You know, we chose to do virtual learning for two years due to different reasons that ended up parlaying into the uncertainty of being in a brick and mortar school. I feel like I'm back in that place again. And you know why I really feel that way? It's not because me as a parent that I have fears or concerns Um, that have to do with my child medically. What it has to do with is the rhetoric. It has to do with the conversations that might happen in the school between the kids and everybody else, and really lack of focus on what's going on educationally and what's going on between who's vaccinated, who's not, who's wearing a mask and who isn't. And I am very frustrated. I appreciate the doctor's candor. I appreciate him actually giving context. Mm -hmm. Really good for me as a parent. So I'm hopeful that others who are listening I'm feeling the way that I do um, feel a little bit better with this information. Absolutely. And we want to thank everyone uh, for tuning in today. Uh, We appreciate you following us here on Chick to Chick. And we are wishing all of the kids out there a very happy and safe and successful school year. Thanks for watching. (laughs) 